Clark Elman of AsacredJourney.net. I'm a spiritual director, facilitator, and guide, and you're listening to Pilgrim Podcast, a show exploring spirituality and intention in travels and daily life, and what it means to live like a pilgrim at home and abroad. This episode is brought to you by Journey Guide, a step-by-step travel companion for your pilgrimage of a lifetime. Journey Guide is a multimedia travel resource infused with soul, including guides and writing prompts for each stage of the journey, worksheets and resources to go deeper, interviews with seasoned pilgrims, and more. Learn more about how Journey Guide can enhance your next pilgrimage at asacredjourney.net. Today I'm talking to psychotherapist and seeker Amber England about solo travel and her recent trip to Italy. Let's begin the journey. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, it's good to be with you. I know I've wanted to talk to you about this. Well, in fact, we've talked about it in person, but I haven't wanted to get too far because I've wanted to share this conversation and wanted it to be so, so fresh. I think you were going on a trip to Italy. I was traveling around the same time too last fall, and I saw your pictures on Instagram and had to get inside. Yeah, absolutely. I've been anticipating the conversation too. Yeah. Well, why don't you start by telling us about your spiritual journey? Yeah. So a little bit about my background. I grew up, I was baptized in an Episcopalian church and attended that with my mother for the early, like early years of my life until I was really just in kindergarten. So I don't have a ton of language around it because I was so young, but I think what was what's important to note about that and which will come out as we talk further is the smells and the sights and the symbols um, that were used in church for me as a really young child were really formative. And our family kind of stopped going to church after we moved. I grew up in central Washington and so also just the country and the land and place became really important to me as I grew up, creating home, creating space, Mm -hmm. being alone with yourself out in the woods or in the country was just a part of my early childhood a lot. And so I don't think I really started going to like a youth group setting or a church setting again until middle school. And that was mostly socially as I learned like how to make friends and different things as an adolescent. Yeah. And then I got involved with that uh, throughout middle school and high school and then into college. But again, it was it was more of following friendships and learning things. I learned plenty about the Bible and about Christ and about church and community, but mostly kind of in a rural setting type uh, way of, of living. And it wasn't until I went to college that I got involved with a ministry with a college group where I engaged in travel. And so I went on mission trips or what they called vision trips. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah. To go and experience culture and people living their faith in different places in the world. And so I was 20 years old and uh, did my first, (laughs) my first trip abroad was actually to India. And I went to Southern India just yeah my between my sophomore and junior year of college and lived with a family with three other students I was traveling with and learned just so much about I mean my eyes were completely opened to a different culture and 
multiple languages and um, ways of living and yeah. a shock to the system in any sense, well, having been my first trip abroad. Yeah, even the way you describe it seems so different than the, the typical mission trip, which felt like going to bring your faith, you know, kind of that colonialism type of thing, but to go and experience what it's like in different cultures. I love that. To be with them. Yeah, absolutely. And they provided. Mm-hmm. And learn from them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They provided books and texts for us to read and lots of reflection. So it was, it was very different by far. And that, that really sparked kind of the continuation of my desire to travel into, in order to discover God and to discover my own sense of spirit and self. Yeah. Travel along with. This was. Even before this journey, this connection had been made for you. Yeah, I would say so. I would say travel and this idea of getting away, kind of getting fresh perspective and seeing self started early in in college and then has continued with me as I've into my profession and, and how I think through planning my vacations or my time away. And particularly, I, I started like artistic practice, creative practices, kind of after college in my mid-20s. And, and so intentionally making time away to go and create has been really important. So traveling and creating space to, to get away and be with those parts of myself. I'm so ready to just dive in <laughs> right now, but then maybe I'd send us on another. Because even as you say that, I'd love for you to share, like, what is it? about going away to create or to spend uh, more time with those parts of yourself? What is it that going away makes that easier and more accessible? Right. I think early on, it had to be that extreme of going away because I didn't, I hadn't built a practice yet. I hadn't built a sense of being with my creative self and having the disciplines and the practices of waiting, waiting on that creative self to rise up, which I'll get into more. But I think also it plays into just our culture of of working so intensely and not holding balance, I think. And I think that is a bit of my personality too. I I often am so hyper-focused and all in what I'm doing that I um, don't hold boundary of making room for creative rest while I'm working on a project or working in a season of, of heavier things. And as a therapist, I mean, jumping forward to my more recent trip, I had been working in community mental health for three years and with very high needs clients and in a context that, that really exhausted me. Yeah. And so I think and having been before community mental health, working just in nonprofit work and, and work that took a lot from, from my energy and, and for myself. Yeah. And so being able to pepper in rest and creative space while amidst such high trauma or high needs work, I think is extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And I would love to meet, you know, know more people who are seasoned in balancing and practicing that. But for me, initially, I think it was this breakaway, this fresh eyes, this sense of 
even particularly getting on an airplane, like it was more than just driving to the coast or being lifted and dropped somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, Hmm. absolutely. Really taking off to a new place. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, it seems like what you're saying is and how this has been an entry point for you until you've been able to cultivate at home practices is that to locate self, that inner Mm -hmm. self, you had to go to a different location because so often Mm -hmm. where we are located each day is just overwhelming. And so it's hard to sink in. And then it seems like what you're saying is through time and even through that travel experience, you've been able to find ways to locate that place right at home as well. Yeah, I would say so. And and now even practicing, like I'll just go up to the islands to San Juan or to Whidbey or up to, to the islands. Friends. I like the way <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's just go up to the islands. <laughs> up to the islands. Or even now I, I'm able to have my easel up in my apartment and have part of my dining room table always, you know, with trays or pads of paper and just keeping my things more visible to me, um, just intentionally creating visible spaces for me to stop and pause throughout the day and the week. Yeah. Locations. Yeah. Yeah. Locatedness of practice is more present now than it. Well, it seems that creativity is essential for you. And I think for more people than they realize. But I know that has to do with this trip too. So why don't you tell us about this trip that you went on, how it came about, and of course, throw in throughout how creativity played a role in that too. Well, I think as as I was alluding to, I had been working in a job that I got to a point where I was just really exhausted. And I think also to mention too, like part of my myself is I've had seasons of kind of depression throughout my life or seasons where I, my spirit just kind of gets lower. And so that sometimes works along with being exhausted, but also seasons different than that too. And I just, I had found myself in a place where I was just, I was burnt out and I was tired and I was needing um, something to spark fresh in me. And so with mentors and other support and friends um, decided to take some time this last September and take specifically two weeks away because I had tried to get away to different places earlier in the year, but just for five or six days at a time. And so I picked the weeks at the end of September, which also happens to be my birthday. And uh, that's a symbolic time to me as I think of yeah, seeing myself and reflecting and it's almost like there's a cosmic mm-hmm. element to that, too. I know someone, which I guess I didn't say that we went to the same graduate school, that I think you were coming a bit after as I was leaving. But we have kind of someone we worked with who works at the school. He always says, you know, you're, what is it, you know, 20th, 30th, 40th trip around the sun. Uh-huh. So it's a, it almost seems like stars aligning type of thing that it just... Absolutely. Um, All the stars in the cosmics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. An appropriate time. Season to break away. Yeah. Mm. And, and so I had talked to um, to some friends about going to see them uh, different parts around the country. And I think initially, I always try to plan trips with people. 
because that's fun, right? Um, (laughs) Would you consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert? I'm kind of right on the board. I Mm. would consider myself more an introvert, a trained extrovert, um, (laughs) but with with the roots of introversion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I do appreciate, I'm a verbal processor, and so I do appreciate being with people. And I think that also helps me know myself well, but but I, I also do like the, the time, quiet time with myself. But so getting back to, I had uh, tried to plan trips with people, but it just, uh, timelines weren't working out. And so I went to the trusty Google and mm-hmm. I Googled the best places to travel in the world in September mm-hmm. and came up with a list just to really just get my ideas of possibilities. But in that list, Rome came up, Italy Mm, came up. mm -hmm. And um, I had been to Italy before as I had studied in Spain um, during college and so had gotten to go for a week, a week and a half to northern Italy, but had never been to Rome and had always um, desired to go. And so I looked into it and I looked into my airline miles and different things and um, funding and dates and things. And Within weeks, I was booking a trip to Rome and back. Um, Mm. And just things kept falling into place as I booked it. And so it was kind of just leaning into that. About that list, because I'm sure it might have been 10 or who knows. What was it? How did you know that Mm. Rome, Mm -hmm. that Italy was calling you? That Italy was it. Aside from the fact that you hadn't been to some of these places. Yeah. There was something about Italy when I went before that spoke to me. I think that I, so another piece of getting away was thinking about the questions in my mind were, what am I, what is next for me? Hmm. I'm exhausted. Do I continue doing the work that I'm doing or, or am I moving in a different direction? Hmm. And so also intentionally looking for a place that would provide space for that also maybe even stimulation for that as far as like places to go or things to do or people to meet mm. or just what how was the environment going to cultivate and and create space for yeah. for me to be with, with those questions and to be with that part of myself that stimulation piece felt, felt is so interesting cuz you know usually we think mm-hmm. like stimulation entertainment but mm-hmm. the way that you're approaching it is what will stimulate deeper understanding or, you know, kind of my soul. Yeah. yeah uh, I'll root, bring that to life. Who again. I am. Yeah. I, I really, I just, I think when we see things, just seeing Rome, seeing Italy on that list of top 10 was visually, I just knew like it, it landed in me, it landed in my gut and my soul in a way of saying, okay, this Italy is, is calling me. Yeah. Like a puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. It, yes, exactly. As a puzzle piece that had just kind of landed in, in place. And, and so it, even if it hadn't had worked out for the fall, I knew that I would be going to Italy. Like it, it was almost that strong, whether it was immediately or in the future, it just felt real um, and good. And so I started uh, booking that trip and I thought about asking other people and, and it, ended up happening that another coworker of mine and, and her partner were going to be in Rome at the same time they were going to Italy. And so I ended up planning some of, of my beginning part of the trip with them, 
not we stayed in different Airbnbs, but I booked a trip and or a tour to the Vatican and the Colosseum with them and, and a, the first two two days or so with them traveling around. But as I was booking the trip, what also felt really important as I was choosing to go by myself and to kind of go with these questions and this intention of just really creating space for kind of understanding of where I was with my career, with myself, with who I I am and who I'm becoming to really be able to make room for those things to show themselves to me. Yeah. And so, so with that, I booked the trip. I booked the flight going in and out of Rome. So I knew the airports where I was going to start and finish. And I knew my Airbnb for the first three nights, Mm. but I was gone for almost 10 days and maybe 12 with travel. And so I only had even a place to stay for those first few days. Oh, I love that. There's such symbolism in there too. Like, you know where you're starting, you know where you want to end up. Yeah. To surrender to, and you know that something has to happen in between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you there surrender to that what? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just... I, it was a practice, I think, even as I was telling people mm-hmm. and getting things in place as I left um, rides to the airport and people to care for my pets and different things. Um, they were like, oh, what are you doing? Where are you going? And it was a fight to, <laughs> to not lean into that and make plans and to um, organize things because I think as the, the, Standard by like as people watching and listening um they're wanting to have shape to that as well yeah so yeah i think that was a part of resisting that push to organize was was difficult and i was actually at church the night that i was leaving i was taking a red eye out on a sunday night and i was just sitting and, and lighting a candle and just prayerfully preparing my heart and, and opening it in a sense to being ready for what was ahead of me and and being with that resistance as well. Just praying that, you know, God would create this space and help me hold it to meet that creative self, to meet that form in the future that I was moving towards. And as I was just sitting there and, and a little, little bit fearful, to be honest, um, just waiting, kind of a little anxious, and but excited. I just heard this voice saying, oh, Amber, you really have no idea what is ahead of you. And like in, in a way that was such goodness and such love and, and such desire for, for abundance and beauty and, and goodness. And it overwhelmed me in a sense with tears of oh wow like this is a good discipline this is a good a good thing to to make room to clear a space Um, I created this image and eventually I created this art piece of this woman dancing in the clearing in the woods like it it felt like this um, this opening like going through I'd been going through this these dark woods and lots of foliage and lots of tree cover and and suddenly I was arriving to this space that had been cleared for me. Yeah, a sense of it being prepared. Mm-hmm. And that I was also preparing 
it as well. There was agency in that too. Mm -hmm. Co-creating. Yeah. And also, you know, as an artist, as someone who considers himself like a creative soul, I, I've done a lot of reading and writing and just conversation with friends around how, how do we not just live in our organized left brain? How do we not um, form and direct what our creation is going to look like? I can't sit down at my easel and, and well, I could, I guess, like, like draw out and very intentionally plan a painting and plan. Almost color by number type of, or paint by number. Uh-huh. This will go here. and That could be a practice of mine. But I think when I met with awe and wonder and, and true beauty and seeing God and seeing myself and seeing the world in a fresh way is when I do just sit and be with color and be with this canvas. Yeah. And let let the images rise to me. Like a distinction between skill, which, which is really good and challenging, versus that more intuitive process. Yeah. And the, the skill is, I guess, risky in that we're fearful of judgment that we might not have skill, but the tapping into that intuition is fearful because we don't know what will come or what happens if we can't access something. Well, and I think that is the fear is that we can't access it. But I, <laughs> I really do believe the more and more I practice this is that it's, it never will not arrive. Mm. Like I honestly believe deep in my being that if we make room, yeah, it is waiting for us. So this this trip was your making room, a creative process. I think there's a quote that says. Pilgrims are poets who create by taking journeys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, I think. Yeah, and I, I would label my trip to Italy a pilgrimage as well as, yeah, and poetry. Like it was, it was beauty. It was, as I was preparing to talk with you this morning, I was reading through a bunch of writing that I did. Mm. I, I wouldn't call myself a writer necessarily. I, I, um, not my creative practice as it is more with image and color, but I, I got a new journal and a little book that I carried around with me. I had a bag of things that I carried with me as I walked the streets of Rome and, and eventually ended up in Florence as well and would just sit on a bench or go to a cafe and, and pause and have a cappuccino and, and write a few pages of what I was seeing and who I was seeing and really whatever was rising up in my mind for that day. And I think that is also like, as we get away, as we uh, take these journeys, we, again, I guess that theme of making room, we make room for these words that otherwise are kind of stuck away um, or not in the agenda of our work days or our, our daily lives. So when we're away or take these trips and can slow down, we can be with the things that are beautiful and, and just waiting to make themselves known to us, but maybe not organized in the way that we live back in our, our day to day. Yeah. It seems like the value there is attentiveness, mm -hmm. paying attention, something else that going away affords us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I love that idea. You said you took a bag of things yeah. with you. And so- a journal, it seems, almost like a toolkit for touching base, touching down. 
What else was in there aside from, you know, the, the travel essentials? Right. I, I had a, always had a book with me, a journal with a good pen. <laughs> and It'll make a difference sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And water and a snack, I think, or I would stop at a cafe. I mean, really simple things. And my phone to, to capture pictures or sounds. I took a lot of pictures, but really not a lot of, I mean, things to stop and pause and nourish me. But really, and even as I read back some of my words, I think we we have to break through the the urge to do and, and hold and be with things. Mm. It's a hard practice too to slow and still ourselves. I often when I take time away within a week, it's always that third day. There's something about that third day of a vacation mm. or a time away, mm-hmm. um, the, or the creative practice even, where maybe you have some initial things that you write or you create or you do that you've been waiting to do to refresh, but there's something about that third day and I watched it arrive in mm. my writing, just kind of the anxiousness or the, the breaking through. Um, yeah. And then getting through that third day into the fourth and fifth and sixth, then there's kind of a, more of a breaking open. Yeah. Well, and yeah. you said those first two days then in Rome, you were doing mm-hmm. kind of the more touristy things. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Take us through the rest of your trip. And how yeah. you carried yourself, how you interacted with the journey at hand that was right. happening, how you companioned yeah. it along the way. Yeah. So, yeah, the first few days were a bit of a whirlwind and adjusting to the time changes and things. But then I think it was my third or my fourth day was actually my birthday. And I intentionally oh, yeah. kind of set aside that day to to sleep and to slowly rest and get up and eat a good meal. And I was planning to walk over the river in Rome to this more residential area with parks and little cafes and Mm. and just wander the streets. And I picked out a place that I was going to eventually wander to to get uh, my lunch. And I sat and had wonderful pizza and wine. And of course, I ate splendidly while I was in Italy. And Um, I'm thinking too, I know that you are usually dairy and gluten-free. So, right, right. So And I here's had a this lot feast. Of, right, right, exactly. So I did. I found a lot of gluten-free restaurants, and mm. I took other lactate supports and other things yeah. to help me well, eat the and dairy. And there's like um, Italian food beyond pasta and pizza, but we exactly. just don't mm-hmm. do that very much because we really like that stuff. Right. I went one day to a butcher and got some fresh uh, roasted chicken and mm-hmm. um, and salads and took a picnic to a park where I sat and just listened to people and animals and wrote as well. And so, mm-hmm. yes, there are also good Italian things that are not just <laughs> pasta and pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I, won- I did a lot of wandering. I intentionally wanted to go to some of the touristy places or to see, you know, and I did that in the beginning, the Vatican and and the Colosseum, but really, I didn't go. There are millions of museums and galleries and things to go and and tour among. And I did. I walked by a lot of them. What is beautiful, and I think what also shaped my reflection and my writing and my just my time in general was Italy. The creative 
the way the city was created was so intentional and beautiful Mm -hmm. and that it wasn't just the city that was functional, but it was created with such beauty and, oh, and I, I struggled to even find the words because it is this visual symbol. But as you look at the stone and the mosaic and the materials that were used to build the simple daily buildings or oh, yeah. the, the cafes or the streets or the, the rooms and the things within the buildings, it wasn't just functional. It, it was, it's such elegance and such desire to express and draw people together. I loved that too. And, and to nourish people, the, the water fountains, simple, mm-hmm. like the, the water fountains are this wonderful drinking water too, or the, and the fountain that it was coming from was not just a piece of stone, but this elegant mosaic yeah. of a lot of wonderful gems and stones. And yeah. When all the piazzas, right? The gathering places that are often around a fountain. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so so just wandering through the streets of Rome and Florence, you you're not alone and you're not in just this this street. You're not just on a path. You are you're on a path. Like you're Mm. on uh, you're amidst things that are making it uh, beautiful. And layers and centuries mm-hmm. 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 of that as well. Yeah, time and story, absolutely. And just even being amidst a place with people, the Renaissance, right? The, mm-hmm. the Birthplace of like, the Renaissance in Florence, yeah. yeah. This gen- genius uh, creation and history and story of people who were young and old creating things that shaped and changed the way we do and and see and enjoy things. And, and so that was inspiring in itself too. Yeah. So really, I mean, yeah, my, my days were, were more of just slowly, slowly rising and letting myself move slowly. I think getting into a pulse and a rhythm of there was nothing I was rushing to. (laughs) I, I woke up with each day to be with myself and be with the day and be with the setting. And then planning meals and and planning a nap. (laughs) Well, and that all seems like a spiritual practice too, because that's not something we do at home. Absolutely. Allowing the soul, allowing God to guide us, that dance almost. It seems like that dance, which is like the dance of desire, isn't it? Where human meets divine, which of course is very like a Renaissance type of way of looking at it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I I also think that traveling by myself and doing this also led to the freedom to just kind of be with the day. Was this the first time you traveled on your own or? No, I've, I've done a bit of traveling by myself and in the same way to just allow the freedom to, to move slowly and have just not even my own head directing my day, but but really my gut saying, what what am I needing? What am I wanting? When I think some cultures, we often think of the heart as the seat of the soul, but like many cultures regard the gut. And we, I mean, we have language around that, that gut feeling, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where, um, where the gut is pulling us for sure. And 
the gut also be my stomach and food was pulling me in a lot of directions too. <laughs> and you've got experience of like what happens when you eat things that your gut doesn't agree with. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so that was, that was another piece. I think as I was traveling by myself, I was more free to going and, and following um, what my gut was leading me to. But I was also open to seeing people and meeting new people and pausing to say hello. Yeah. Hmm. And so I met different people as I was hosted by Airbnbs. I also signed up for an Airbnb experience, which those just started this last year. And I went and met up with a woman, a Florentine woman, who is an artist, a watercolorist, and also studying to be a color therapist. And Mm. I had thought that it was a group activity, but it was just her and I at this monastery across the river in Florence in her own little art studio. And it was magical, absolutely magical. She is the child of a woman who came from the States and to travel to Florence and met a a Florentine and stayed and and married and and had her. (laughs) And she's lived there now since and has children herself and is this artist in Florence. And so she guided me through this activity of being with watercolor, which was also this very intuitive experience of she had four colors that she handpicked out for me and Mm. helping me just kind of be with the colors and let them form on the page. Yeah, it sounds almost obviously one-on-one intimate, but even phrasing it like being with watercolor. Yes. And the way it flows, very sensual. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think she initially started, we started with four different forms with each color separate and then adding more water and more color. It blended and and shaped and she had me continually shift and turn the canvas as I was painting or the piece of paper. And so I was always moving with it and awakened to what it was changing into. And even at the end, I, I brought this piece home with me and framed it on my wall because it, even how I originally thought the painting was forming, I have it completely sideways and shifted upside down because the image that ultimately caught my eye and caught my heart and caught myself was yeah emerged emerged from something in a different direction and um, and showed me self once I kept turning it around. So, hmm. so that so I I met her name was Jessica. I met Jessica, this Florentine woman, this painter and color therapist who helped me kind of sit and be with color and be with what was forming in me. This, this painting I ultimately named um, the formation. It's this very like almost like red, deep red, earthy color rising up into blue and green. This um, hill, this, this earth, almost like this volcano rising. And, and I felt like the more I continued to slow and wander and be with these people that I was meeting and myself, something landed in me in a way and grew and emerged from the earth and emerged from my roots and took form. So when I know in our conversations, you've referred to these, these people as spirit guides, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That was one of the first 
things I think we talked about. And I was like, oh, we've, <laughs> we've got to <laughs> get it. her on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't think I put the name of Spirit Guide to them until I came back home. Or really, yeah, I came back home and had three days of just easing back into life. Um, and also... That three seems like a magic number. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A sacred number, yeah. Very triune and mm-hmm. and full circle. And um, I think it also helped me with my jet lag, but also just helped me digest all of all of what I had been gathering um, and being with. To honor it. Yeah, and just really to, yeah, I think it had, it started solidifying a little bit more too as I kind of just let it marinate and um, be with me in my own home too. bringing back to my home uh, these stories and these parts that I had been collecting. Yeah, if you want it to come into your life, you have to bring it into your home. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. And I, but yes, I, so these, these named spirit guides, the more I kept thinking about who I encountered and who I got to sit with or just meet and have a quick conversation or or create with, I realized that as I was open to, and as I had been asking these questions, as I started the journey, I really, the people that I was meeting, I believe I was able to, to get those questions answered through them, that they were reflecting to me parts of myself that I was needing to see in this communal sense, in this journey, in this pilgrimage. They because I do, I believe that that we are this Imago Dei, we are this image of God in community. And so even the sense of taking solo travel, I wasn't taking it alone. Yeah. I was traveling by myself, but I was traveling in a city, in another place. Whereas some people may see those same images in trees and, and rivers and, and mountains, but I also was discovering them in people and story and conversation. Yeah. So, and I met these um, wonderfully creative people. Um, my first Airbnb host is a film director and has created some documentaries around um, homeless and uh, musicians. And hmm. the work that I was doing back in Seattle was related to homelessness and mental health and and stories of sort as well. And so the synchronicity of the people that I was encountering also was just divine and very special and beautiful. And so I was able to really, as I got back, kind of reflect more on that and be with, be with the essence of these unique people that I encountered. And so that was one example. And then Jessica being the, the artist, she was able to help me see color and see art and practice in a way that reminded me about more of who I am and parts of me that that I want to take with me as I think of next steps in my journey. Well, and even that the fact that you thought it was a group experience. Yeah. And that it was you alone seems very serendipitous, synchronistic. Yeah. Yeah, also very true. And so I think that is one of the the blessings of solo travel, of getting away, of slowing down is, is 
that you do encounter these spirit guides, these guides that help you see yourself, help remind you of yourself. And, and maybe, and I see that not as like, it's not always a, po- a positive experience, I guess. I want to make, make that clear as well, that there are, I also, as, as a psychotherapist, I, I read a lot and I practice or, or hold with me Carl Jung. And so this idea of like depth psychology of conscious and unconscious world and, and mind. And, and so there's the shadow, there's this light and this dark to all of us. And neither one is right or wrong, but is, is part of the whole. Mm. And that, and so as we, we gather and as we collect our spirit guides and meet them, it is important also to, to meet with the shadow parts of ourselves. And so there are moments when they surprise us and, and when we see maybe the dark, darker sides of our, our soul and, and also those that are bright and light. And so I think those are. Yeah. Well, and that reminds me of Rumi's uh, poem, The Guest House, mm. that they're all, you know, messengers on the journey. And when you approach that trip, especially a solo trip, because when you're on your own, you're more attuned to self in a way, because you don't have all these other interactions going with, with friends, family. Yeah. That you begin to notice and welcome both the lightness and the shadow within too. It's all fodder, all revelation. Yeah. I will. And as an artist, you I always remind myself that you do need, you need the shadow. You can't paint mm. a bright scene without the shade of the grays and the blacks and the dark colors to shadow and, and give it form. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need the depth and dimension of it. Yeah. And so it is, yeah, that the word you use like to welcome, to, to gather, to invite them to both be present is, is I think, significant. Well, what? What did you notice shift within you as you returned home? I know you came home with renewed vigor when it comes to your vocation and your work. What else? I, man, I, I came back refreshed. I, even as I ended, I'll start there before I come back to the States. I, I ended, I stayed in this little Airbnb I found I thought out of just convenience because it was close to the airport, but it was in this tiny town on the coast of Rome called Fiumicino, and it was this little beach town. And so spending my last 24 hours just wandering the beach and having my feet in the water and the sand and feeling the sunset, and I just was refreshed, was was rested, um, was in my body, was was more present than I had been for a while. And so, um, so when I came home and again, that was a good couple of days travel, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was ready to be back. I, I was refreshed. I was smiling. I was, hmm. yeah, it was renewed in a way and rooted. I was rooted. Yeah. It was bubbling out of you was my experience of you. Yeah. I wanted <laughs> I mean, I wanted other people to have the same experience. I wanted to refresh and bring refreshment and renewal to those I was coming back to. And so I spent that weekend that 
those few days just kind of being with my thoughts and, and writing a lot about the people I had met mm. and the places I'd seen and and also had gone with the questions of who am I professionally? What am I wanting to do in my practice just as a citizen of this world and, and also as as a professional as well or as as a woman, as as a friend. And I think so yeah, I, I gathered all those questions and and knew that I I wanted to continue working with families, with children, with mental health, but also knowing that I felt something changing. Like I felt I felt ready for what was what was coming and it felt soon. Mm. It felt near to me. I felt this readiness to branch out in my own to create a business or to create something that was uniquely more, more me mm. rather than working for, for another. Um, I was ready to, to take what had formed in me and, and make it my own. Yeah. And little did I know that that would happen so much sooner <laughs> than it did. <laughs> I went back to work that weekend and just with, with this rootedness, with this different sense of formed self, I, entered back into kind of the chaos of community mental health and just work and stress um, in a way that that provided me insight to say, oh, and and I'm done here. I have have outgrown this and and now I am I am fully ready to move into what's next. And and so I gave notice um, within that week of being back and and slowly started that next month transitioning into starting a practice for myself and and moving into this creative space. So yeah, uh, and not coincidental. Yeah, it's obvious as as you share your story that something happened there that allowed you to occupy that space in a new way, in a more authentic way. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. There was an encountering a. Uh, of forming a, a major shift for sure. I would agree with that. That had been growing and, and getting ready. I think it was just that, that breaking away and making time and space and putting energy towards it that allowed it to actually take form. So, yeah. Looking back, and I, th- I think you were just speaking to this now, how do you see God present? in the decision, the invitation to make this trip during your journey and in the time since your return? Yeah. And I, I think God's, God's presence has, has shown itself in those moments where I'm just exhausted. Hmm. Hmm. God is present and ready and waiting. God wants us to live fully abundant and creative and with all the parts of ourselves. And I think it's just so waiting. And, and that was my experience even on that night that I was flying out. God reminding me saying, oh, Amber, I've been waiting for this. Let's go. Let's go. Let me show you. Let me introduce you to to yourself even more fully mm. uh, what I've created for you. And and so, oh, I think it's so much more of our our, our courage uh, that we engage to actually um, make room and time for that is to to be with God. 
mm. is to to trust and know that that it's waiting that God's waiting to be with us to to show us ourselves yeah mm. I just I think more confidently and with such greater faith and trust I I believe that that it is there if we can choose it yeah questions are ones I like to ask everyone on the show. So it's kind of rapid fire first thing that comes to your mind or really that tapping into that gut, right? Right. Okay. Which you should be well prepared for. (laughs) Okay. If you were going on pilgrimage, where would you want to go next? I don't know. Hmm. I think I think I could pick somewhere like there are many places I want to go travel in the world but the place that's calling me I don't think that's arrived yet I think I'm still a bit of me is actually still with Italy mm-hmm. and so if I were to yeah I, I um I think I'm still so actively back in being with informing and creating what this this recent pilgrimage has left me with do you think you'd go back there Again, I always feel like that is yeah. revisiting that place in your life and then hoping for something new as well. Yeah, I absolutely, I think, especially I haven't traveled a lot of places twice. And Italy now has, Florence particularly, has been a place I've gone to twice. And um, so maybe there is something there mm. to continually go back to over my lifetime. Yeah. Well, and this next one might speak to what you were just saying, what journey are you on right now in your daily life? Right. I am creating. I feel like this past maybe six months has been this formation, this rootedness, this foundation that has been formed in and around me. And now I'm just creating and building this structure, building a life practice that incorporates my soul <laughs> that incorporates this beauty and this rest and and life that I encountered in Italy and in myself in this last several months. I have been building my private practice. I, I work as an infant mental health therapist. So I've been connecting with a lot of children agencies and doulas and midwives and pediatricians and other child therapists and nannies and mothers and fathers and and learning and meeting more people here in my community that are connected with the questions and the needs and the desires of families with young children and and babies and toddlers and so i'm i'm slowly holding to that energy i put up art around my home and intentionally created spaces and and monuments and and visual prompts and symbols that hold me to the memory of, of what I discovered um, while away and um, trying to just carry that energy into creating what is and really what I <laughs> I thought I knew I was forming, but I'm also reminded on almost a daily practice that I just need to keep holding the space for what's forming because mm-hmm. that practice that brought you there in the first place. Yeah, it's reminding me 
oh, you, you know, and you feel the energy, but it is always new each day as I am with it. So it surprises me. Yeah, which is fun. Well, and all of that is such a great testament to the reality that it's not just about the trip, the time you're away. Yeah, that is just the spark of, of what, what gets it going, I think, starts the, the rhythm and the practice. Yeah. So. Well, what advice would you offer for solo travelers and those just now discerning the call, the spark? Yeah. Oh, find a way to, to and, and listen, I think, if there's, if that desire, if that hope, if that need even comes up into your mind to, to ask the questions, to form words, it's already been there for a long time waiting. And uh, I would say, open up yourself to, to something that may be new and different than practices and places and things that you've done before. Because when you put yourself in those places of of openness and uh, oh, I just I think there's so much more within us <laughs> to discover than we ever could fathom, and and so whether that's a wild <laughs> open Google search or finding a book or going or listening to the person at the cafe or, or a neighbor or a friend or helping yourself find the practice of opening up to what's there for you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing this journey with us. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah. Yeah. Will you, will you share with us a benediction close and bless our time and these journeys that might be taking shape for others? Yes, most definitely. These are just some words that I've written down as as I continue to bless myself and remind myself to be open and, and may this be a blessing for you all as well. May you go from this moment with courage, courage to clear a space in the woods, to choose to make time and space, whether locally in your routine and or as a solo trip away, to honor what lies within you waiting to rise, to emerge and make itself known to you. May you welcome beauty, love, gratitude, and the creative soul as it meets you in the places and faces around you in this season. And when the shadow self, the face or place of fear or worry joins, welcome it too, because formation and growth need both the light and the dark. And as you meet these parts of yourself, these spirit guides know this, that you are loved deeply and there is an abundance of love and goodness awaiting you if you let it rise. Thanks for joining with us today. Find episode notes and sign up to receive updates at asacredjourney.net slash podcast and subscribe to Pilgrim Podcast through Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be grateful if you'd leave a review on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. When you leave a review, it helps other seekers just like you find Pilgrim Podcast. To find out how to leave a review, visit asacredjourney.net slash podcast. I'll be back again next month with another conversation on spirituality and intention in travels and daily life, and what it means to live like a pilgrim at home and abroad. 
Until then, blessings on the journey. Thank you.